Welcome to the Straight Talk on Fleet podcast with Aaron Gilchrist. Each week, Aaron will be breaking down fleet management, trying to cut through the noise and get down to the real issues safety and operations leaders are struggling with every day. The goal will be to get to the bottom of how leaders can break down these silos of information, accelerate change management, how to use real-time accurate data to drive massive efficiencies across fleet-focused business processes, and to elevate people's careers with emerging best practices. Now it's time for the Straight Talk on Fleet. Welcome to today's webinar, Controlling the Uncontrollable, presented by IntelliShift. Our presenter today is Aaron Gilchrist, VP of Fleet Evangelism at IntelliShift. As Vice President of Fleet Evangelism at IntelliShift, the all-in-one fleet intelligence platform, Aaron shares award-winning strategies for fleet operations and safety teams that improve the metrics of their organizations and the trajectory of their careers. Prior to joining IntelliShift, Aaron spent 15 plus years in the modern automotive industry managing SafeLight's national fleet of 8,500 commercial vehicles. Now, I'll hand it over to Aaron. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I love the opportunity to address the fleet community that I'm so privileged and proud to be a part of for so many years. So today, as we mentioned, we're going to talk about controlling the uncontrollable. And so when I think about the environment we're in, I think the main story here is there's nothing really new here, right? It's just a different approach to sort of riding the waves of uncertainty and volatility with style and grace, right? And style and grace for us as fleet leaders and safety and operations leaders is safe, safety and efficiency, right? So we want to ride those waves safely and efficiency efficiently and come out on top despite the things that we can't control in the marketplace today. So We'll talk about how to reassess people and processes and tech during this kind of time. We'll look at some best pra practices related to project management and change management, and certainly data stewardship, because data drives everything. So we'll talk a, a lot about data today, and a little bit about the fleet technology marketplace, how it's changed, and, and what we should be thinking about to make our jobs a little bit easier during volatile times and during all times. And at the end, we'll get a chance to um, answer questions. So that should be fun. So again, thanks for your time today. So talking about, I'm gonna pop these all up so we can see this sort of grim picture we're looking at. So not officially a recession, but I think the idea of this, this fear of a recession sort of drives us to make decisions sort of in a rash way, maybe like following the pendulum a little bit instead of sticking to those fundamentals that are going to help us, um, again, ride out these waves. So some of these conditions, again, not, not happy faces all around, especially think about what affects us most as fleet leaders. So consumer price index, you know, the goods and services we're paying for, right? We've seen steady increases here since really October of 2021. And we've been at this point, at this 8.2 level, at least since the beginning of July. So that hurts, right? It hurts what we're doing. Um, it makes it more costly for us to buy our goods and our services that we need to do our jobs and also our businesses. So think about growth in retail sales. Our businesses are suffering. So they're looking for cost-cutting, you know, activity and measurements. And a lot of times they're looking to departments like fleet to help cut costs. And that puts pressure on what's already sort of a stressful job, right? I think we all know that, you know, we see consumers cutting back on unnecessary spend. So that's affecting our businesses and therefore, you know, giving us this environment that I think we're kind of used to of doing more with less. So we'll talk about how to do that a little bit. And then, of course, the unemployment number. I mean, this has been hard on our industry in terms of driver shortages and I think recruiting drivers and then retaining them as well because the market is competitive, right? See, the employees are happy. The businesses are not. So we know it's already hard to get those drivers. But then this idea of retaining them will cover today a lot because it's really about you know, building a culture that they want to work in and um, really being able to show them what's in it for them 
in terms of safety and efficiency. So, you know, the top stories here are that, again, nothing new here, no particular end in sight, unfortunately, and it's affecting all verticals, right? Last mile delivery, service fleets, construction. So we're all sort of affected here, but we're all in this together. So that's the good news. And um, today we'll talk about some of those best practices to sort of get there. Okay, so what's affecting us right now? Order to delivery, the lead times, I'll say they're very, very long, but that's if we're getting vehicles at all. So I've talked to a lot of fleet managers who are saying, you know, I ordered vehicles in 2019, I ordered 100 and I've received 38, right? That's tough, right? Um, not only are we seeing shortages in vehicles, but in vehicle components. The volatile fuel market, um, no new story there, but again, just the lack of predictability, making it hard for um, fleet and safety and operations leaders to hit their targets and make plans, right? And then thinking about our roadways and save the most important for last year, right? We are doing more in the areas of safety. We have more technology and tools. We have more data and information, but we see this number climb consistently over time here. And we know that distraction plays a huge part in that. Um, it's scary. We have maybe children that are driving out there we have all of our drivers who are driving alongside of um, hundreds of thousands of motorists who are making poor decisions behind the wheel. So lots of, you know, kind of grim slides, but it's going to be positive from here on out, right? Okay, so quickly, let's do a live poll here. So as a fleet leader, how often are these current economic and supply chain trends keeping you up at night. So that's what I'd I'd love to know. Okay, so no one said never. It's very, very realistic there. A few said rarely the highest percentages are sometimes and often, and a lot of you said, you know, almost 15% of you said always. So um, again, not surprised by that at all. And the good news is today we get a to work some of that stress out, right? So, okay. So what do we do now? So how do we deal with the uncertainty? So starting out, um, what I like to focus on are sort of three things. One, don't panic. <laughs> Two, um, rely on your pillars, right? I think as fleet safety and operations leaders, despite what type of industry we're in, what type of fleets we we run, whether we have equipment and operators or vehicles and drivers, that those pillars of safety and efficiency are, are common. That's a common thread, right? And the third thing is don't follow the pendulum, as said by a dear friend of mine in fleet, reminds me consistently that, you know, shiny things, right? It's easy for us to, in these times, to want to react quickly or rashly to some of these um, conditions that are out of our control. So and what I'm offering today is just sort of a fresh approach to reassessing our people processes and tech to, again, not just ride out these waves, but excel and succeed during these times, these trying times. So in terms of people, and we're going to dig into each one of these, by the way, but who are you surrounding yourself with? You know, think about your core teams, both internally and externally. Um, you know, who are you partnering with? Um, are they advocates for your vision? Do you have a vision? I guess that's a great place to start. And we'll cover that a little bit too. And in terms of processes, do your policies align with your goals and visions? And, and when is the last time you've evaluated these things? So I would say two things there that policies and, and practices, best practices are what they are. They, they shouldn't change dramatically if they're fundamentally sound. However, there are things that we need to do differently as things change. The biggest one that we've seen change is distracted driving, right? And how that's affected the safety of our roadways. So again, processes in that area should definitely change and tools and technology as well to make sure that we can 
help our drivers make good decisions and that we can help protect them and the public. And then, of course, technology, you know, evaluating our tech stacks. What is new? What more do we need? What new things do we need? Um, and then when we need them, sort of how do we go about implementing those things? Where do we aggregate our data? How do we do that in a way that makes it easy for us to um, see what's out there and be able to tackle it on a day-to-day -day basis? And then visualizing that data in order to share it with all levels of our operation. So that's sort of what we're going to, uh, those are the three areas we're going to focus on today. So, you know, you've, you've made this assessment um, in these areas. So let's talk a little bit about best practices related to project and change management and data stewardship. So this slide is fun, right? This is the um, Cotter framework for leading change. I love this framework. However, I'm going to step us through kind of what it means for us. So as fleet and operations and safety leaders. So in terms of creating urgency, the, the key word here, and I'm just going to have sort of a key word for every um, step in this ladder here, is data. So when we have data, we can paint this picture, right, of what it looks like, what's the cost of inaction, right? We find these issues in our fleet. What are they costing us? How do we know they exist because of data? And, and whether they're unplanned breakdowns or whether we're having accidents or um, excessive downtime in our fleets. I feel like the key here is when we as safety and fleet and operations leaders find issues in our fleet, I can't think of, a, of an issue that doesn't need addressed right away, right? I think that everything that we do is really, really important um, to our organizations. It involves the, the equipment and vehicles needed to um, serve our customers also involves people, which is super critical, right? So for me, this first step is creating urgency around the issues we find because frankly, they're all really important. The second one is in this form a, a powerful coalition. And this to me, the key word is build a team. Who do you need? You know, it, it could be different in your organizations, but I would I would say that finance, operations, um, human resources, risk, and legal, these folks are subject matter experts in their areas. And we, as subject matters in fleet and safety, we don't have to wear all these hats. And as I mentioned, we're not alone in, in this. And the more that we can collaborate and um, build relationships with these people inside of our organizations and create whatever we want to call it, you know, um, a steering committee, a safety team, a fleet team, whatever you want to call it. The, the, the next best step is, is getting those folks together in a room and building um, a process, which we're talking about here, around project and change management. So each and every issue that needs addressed when you need to change processes, when you need to introduce new technology, you need to drive compliance in an area of your business that's suffering, no matter what, each time that you collaborate and meet with this team of people, they're going to bring their insights and they're going to help you, right? They're going to help you convince all levels of the organization from the CEO to every single um, operator or driver that this is the right thing to do, right? Whatever it is that we're trying to do. The third one, creating a vision for change. Vision's the key word here, right? One, do you have a vision, right? And that goes back to culture of safety, which we'll talk about here in a few. But this idea of being able to use your data and your awesome team to paint this picture of the problem and then the promised land. So um, how are we going to get there? And being able to home in on the, the people, financial, and operational impacts of, of the, the vision and the change, right? So communicating the vision, for me, that's like 
how do I present this? So your presentation keyword here. So going to that executive leadership team to get that buy-in and then socializing this proposed change within your organization from top to bottom. And the reason I say top to bottom is because that's what it takes um, to socialize change is getting the leaders of the organization to um, help everyone else understand that we believe in this and it's worth it. And that painting this picture of what's in it for everyone in the organization when we make this change, right? So again, see how these things sort of build each on each other and you can't do one without the other. So again, that data is needed to build the visualization that executive team needs to say, yep, we're ready to do this. Okay, fifth, empowering action. So really, you know, that's the socialization piece and, and, and giving a blueprint for success. So really being able to show people how the change will work. And we, you know, we continue to talk about that throughout creating quick wins and, and maybe quick, um, is not the best word because we know in the, in, in our environment as, um, fleet leaders, nothing's quick. And in organizations, nothing's quick. But again, if you go back to this first one of creating urgency, our problems and our issues that we're finding are around safety and efficiency always. And so those are important. So what I would challenge um, us to do here is test the theory, pilot the technology, uh, roll out gamification, um, use better data insights. And again, we'll talk about how to do that but the biggest thing is here, test, test your theory. And then seven, building on that change is really that implementation piece. So it's easier to do that when you have data integration across your fleet. You know, being able to connect those dots is really, really important um, between your programs, your processes, and all of the different aspects of fleet management. And I think we all sort of, we know what those are, but it's hard sometimes if we don't have a place to aggregate that data, to be able to show and visualize what we're trying to do here, all these steps we've already talked about. So we'll get there. And then number eight, you know, making it stick is really that control piece. So if you think of like the Demaic sort of principle, you know, you define the problem, measure, analyze, implement, control, here's the control piece. So this is where you can monitor the uptake and the technology and policy adoption, adherence, compliance. But the big thing here is being able to use the technology like dashboards and reports and alerts out to your organization at different levels, driver scorecards and driver apps um, to make it a driver positive safety program. If that's you know the problem you're solving for, is going to be critical to making that change stick and last and sort of outlive that implementation stage, which sometimes is where it could stop. So I know we spent a lot of time here, but what I want to offer is that this framework is so important because if you can do this right and you can have that team that's like your advocate there to cheer you on, that this will come to be what your organization expects from you. And that's a good thing, right? Because if they come to expect this type of framework for you, from you and your team to solve for the issues that you're finding, then that builds trust. And another really great thing it does is it helps you build a framework to celebrate your wins, not just solve your problems, but celebrate your wins, which again, I think what we don't do enough in our profession is that you know, toot our own horn, so to speak. We do a lot of really game-changing work, right? We're affecting the environment. We're affecting the, the success of our business. We're revenue drivers, not cost centers, right? We are saving lives in the way that we implement our safety programs. So these are big deals. So when you can use this framework and your organization knows, okay, you know, here's Aaron again, she's pitching something that needs to be done to solve a problem. They're going to come to expect that I would present it this way and that they should expect results and follow up. And it's going to elevate you in your career, which is really, really important. 
right? We do. It's a big job that we have as fleet and operations and safety leaders. Okay. So, you know, one of the biggest components to getting to this Zen place is, is breaking down silos, both people silos, systems silos, and data silos. So we talked a little bit about the people silos. If we can collaborate with those people in our organizations and with our external partners and build that team, there's the people silo breakdown. The data is so huge, systems and data here. Cause so this visual, I'm not gonna leave it here long cause I don't know about you, but this gives me like a, a massive headache. This demonstrates um, us as leaders working in multiple systems. This has pretty much been our life for, for a long time, right? We have point solutions and disconnected data that equals, you know, chaos for us. So I'm going to stop for a second because um, I do host a podcast and I'd like to, you know, it, and it's really just a podcast for the fleet community to talk about stuff like this. So in episode five of my podcast, I really break down the components of um, change management and project management. So, you know, on that prior slide, we talked about that a lot, but I have a whole podcast that's, you know, 20 some minutes of just really breaking down that. So I'd invite you to listen to that for some, you know, a deeper dive there. Also, I, in episode 15 of my podcast, I talk about fleet intelligence and data stewardship. And we focus a lot on this idea of breaking down silos. So if you're here operating in multiple systems, you know, did that for a long time, that's a great place to think about how can I move the needle faster on the things I need to get done? Well, I can do that if I could see things in one place. So, okay. So switching to the right-hand side is this like happy person who can lower risk and see things in real time. She can exonerate drivers and know where to focus each day. What needs attention? Who needs coached? Where is their fraud? Where do I have inefficiencies, vehicle breakdowns, things like that. So having this um, one place to see things will help us elevate our careers for sure, but certainly get control over that last step we talked about on the last slide is like get control over this environment that we manage. So we can do better, right? And if we're doing well, we can tell someone about it with this, you know, kind of happy place here on the right. So, all right. So what's for me, I think, you know, the biggest thing that I think about when I think about change management inside fleet organizations is this idea of breaking down silos, but starting with safety. So I would offer that when you have programs and policies as well as technology that's built around a culture of safety that every area of your fleet will be more efficient. And we'll continue to talk about that throughout here. So finding your why. So, you know, what's your purpose? So for, for us as, as fleet and safety and ops leaders, safety should be, and probably is the driver for everything we do. So I like this idea of this mission to zero, right? Zero what? Well, we love to have no accidents in our fleets. It's, well, no at-fault accidents at least, but we hope to get to a place where this isn't a continuous conversation and certainly isn't this scale that's going in the way wrong direction around accidents. And then the how. Again, this idea of building a culture of safety, I think is the most important thing that we can do as fleet leaders. And the most important role that we play within our organization is being the champion for building a culture of safety. In episode 10 of my podcast, again, it's the straight talk on fleet. You can find it sort of anywhere, but I, I sort of live in LinkedIn a lot to share some snippets um, from my episodes, but episode 10 is all about how and why to build a culture of safety. So I invite you for a deeper dive on that to, to listen to that. But, you know, the, the story here is, again, when you build a culture of safety and compliance in your organizations, you will be running the safest and most efficient um, fleets because you'll have the processes, tools, and tech 
that can make your job easier and make everyone successful and get the buy-in that you need. And the result, of course, will be um, happier drivers. They'll tell people you'll be able to hire better drivers, retain better drivers in this environment. Again, one of those things that's out of our control and is this employment market. So again, the goal here is driver retention, exonerating drivers when they're accused of doing something that they didn't do. Again, takes that proper technology and then driving that driver positive safety program. And then of course, the other result is that efficiency piece. We've lowered cost on repairs and replacements and insurance premiums and lost revenue from unplanned downtime. And right now, downtime is one of our worst enemies because we don't have uh, our vehicle replacements that, that we need. Okay. So finding that why, and really, again, for me, that's safety. All right. So tech options. So we've talked a lot about tools and technologies that can help us build that culture of safety and build that efficiency in our fleet. So let's talk about this, this landscape for a little bit. Um, so I don't know who feels this way some days, but I think in talking with fleet leaders, which I do a lot and safety leaders and risk managers and stuff, I hear that, you know, I have siloed data. I'm operating out of too many systems. We're still having accidents. I need better visibility. People are stealing fuel. Um, it's hard to keep up with regulations and compliance and mandates. So I think there's lots more of a hyper-focus on, you know, these challenges due to the current environment that we're operating in. So I'm guessing that some of you are facing some of these things too. So let's do another live poll. What's your most urgent operational challenge that you're facing right now? There's just nobody talking about poor fuel management. Hey, great. So you better celebrate. If you're winning in that area, you should celebrate that. That's amazing. Vehicle and asset downtime, huge. Totally agree. Yeah, we're kind of all over the board. Not much in, let's see here, DOT compliance where poor fuel management, but this vehicle and asset downtime. Okay. No surprise there. So thank you for voting. But again, people still dealing with fleet and driver visibility and utilization, safety and accidents, huge, um, siloed fleet data and analytics. Okay. Can totally relate. Good stuff. Thank you. All right. So on that note then, all right, let's talk about some of the options in the market and sort of how we, how we think about framing up solutions to the problems we just um, noted that are keeping us up at night. So individual point solutions. So these are great. They're, they're specialized for one thing. Um, there's lots of options available. So those are the good things. I think some of the cons here are operating in multiple systems, more logins and contracts and trainings and SLAs to manage. So it's kind of this swivel chair management approach where we're like, in all of these systems to try to glean the insights that we need, okay? And then the next type of solutions, lightly integrated. So these are really point solutions that resell other technologies. So again, some pros here, um, sometimes they offer that single sign-on to different software portals. They may integrate with point solutions that you're using today. Um, but then some of the same downsides, right? Siloed data, it can be tacked on. This idea of the limited control of your experience, that never feels good. Sometimes not presenting actionable data, uh, meaning you have what you need and you can go do something about it right now um, in one place. And then still doing more work to make sense of everything. And maybe you have people on your team that spend all their time doing just that right? Bringing all this information together and trying to make sense of it. So the third type of solution is this notion of, okay, we have a single connected platform that can help us reduce time and effort, um, pulling data together from multiple solutions. It's a better customer experience, right? Because we have one vendor we can work with, right? Wouldn't that be fantastic? And buying what you need, getting what you pay for. love that. Stacked ROI, guaranteed ROI. And when you think about the project and change management 
slide that we talked through in detail. When we want to make change in our organizations, we need to be able to pull data together quickly, intuitively, and we need to visualize it to share out to the organization so we get a lot of this going on. Yep, Aaron, you can do that. That makes sense. We can see your issue. We can see the light. We can see the solution and how it's going to pay off. It's easier to do when we have that data integrated in one place. And I guess the only downside here is, you know, the business not willing to make that shift in the way that we manage the tech stack, right? Then, And to me, I think one thing that I'm not mentioning here is the pain of change. <laughs> I think it hurts to, to move tech providers and to move technology and to switch that over. But, you know, we can help each other with that too. There's definitely ways to go about that. And, and we'll talk about that. Okay. So what are the options in the market today? Okay. First off, these are not all the options. This is just a quick snapshot of businesses that you're familiar with who have either point or lightly integrated solutions. Again, all good options and all help us solve for things that we're experiencing. But I think the, the most important thing when we think about the single connected platform that I just talked about is one, the power, right? It's the power to bring massive data sets together from all different sources and process it in a way that gives us desired outcomes. Maybe not desired in the sense that it's what we want to see, but it's that we can see it, um, that it's visible to us in one place and that the power of that helps us improve aspects of our fleet operations in all of the areas. And I'll dig into that in one second about the integration piece and, and how, how powerful the integration piece is. And then the ease of use, right? The swivel chair management is, it should be in our past, right? We should be in a place to really plan and work for the future of fleet management, which to me is this platform where ourselves and our teams and even all levels in the organization have a place to go to see their book of business, their assets that they're managing, and be able to do what you're seeing, do about what you're seeing in that single connected platform. So it's not always about you seeing it and then being able to share it out so action gets taken right now, but it's also making it available to people in the organization who manage drivers and assets or operators and equipment. And they too can easily digest where the problem is today and go fix it or help someone else to fix it, right? So it's digestible, usable, accessible, relevant. Really, really, really important to make your life easier. And, and that's really what we deserve as fleet and operations and safety leaders. We deserve a place to go where this data ecosystem um, comes together. It's, it's, it's here, it's now, it's the future, it's possible. So that's, that's what I'm suggesting here. So, okay. What's the solution? Well, so I'll talk for a minute. I, I like this visual here because it'll help me sort of um, bring to life this idea of empowering ourselves and our teams to make that shift from people and data silos to a simple, powerful platform that makes it so easy for us to share information. It helps us solve problems every day. It helps us identify what's going on that can really hurt our business, hurt our results, hurt our reputations, which is, you know, what, that's the worst thing, right? We really want to protect our people and we want to protect our organizations. So, in light of that, we, we want to see, act, rinse and repeat, and succeed, right? Or see, act, succeed, rinse and repeat, whatever you want to say there in each and every one of these areas. So I just want to break this down for a second. So when we think about the power of each and every aspect of what we're managing. So telematics, I'll start there because what a great... Uh, technology to provide robust and insightful data. 
So think about first and foremost, the driver behavior data. So this gives you insights to aggressive driving behavior. And you think about, you know, addressing that as first and foremost, but then also you have utilization information, odometer information. You have, I mean, just everything at your DTC codes. So think about engine codes and I'll, I'll talk about that just in a second, but telematics sort of is like the, the, the starting place. And then video and safety, say AI video dash cams are offering this ADOS, right? So that you have the driver assistance system with the outward facing capabilities and the inward facing capabilities give you a way to coach your drivers in real time in the cab. You could wake them up if they're falling asleep. Um, the videos I've seen, um, scary, but also really powerful in the sense that They've this type of technology can save lives. And then it gives you trends and information so you can coach drivers who are your next accident. So it gives you this environment of predictability, proactivity, right? Which is what we're looking for in all aspects of fleet management. So maintenance, you know, again, engine codes, being able to understand when a vehicle needs taken out of service based on the severity of what's happening, preventing a breakdown, getting your driver out of a potentially very unsafe situation, also being able to notify your customers that you may not make it or being able to deploy another asset to keep things flowing and meet your customers' needs because you have a full understanding and visibility of what's happening in your operations. Preventative maintenance, being able to get your vehicles um, maintained on time and properly. And then being able to, I love this idea of um, being able to understand what needs, needs done in terms of maintenance, but then looking ahead and behind and saying, okay, what, what have we maybe, what, what are we laid on or what's due, what's overdue? How can we combine services when and where it makes sense to minimize downtime of our vehicles and this is possible in this predictive environment, you know, built on this tech stack where we can minimize downtime by combining services that need done on our vehicles. So they're not in and out of the shop all the time. And then think about this. Sorry, guys, I get so passionate about this, but this, this place where we, we've done a digital inspection, right? Digital keyword there. We've done a digital inspection. We know that something needs um, completed. There's this automated process around getting that addressed, critical or non-critical. And then that rolls up into your maintenance program, right? And then you have a shop ready to take your vehicle, to take it in for service, and then to have the parts in stock. Ooh, imagine, imagine that, right? So thinking about we minimized cost, we minimized downtime, we didn't disappoint customers, we um, have uptime, right? We have vehicle uptime. And then, you know, the inspections, we talked about that a little bit in initiating maintenance, but it's also this idea of um, the safety aspect and the regulatory aspect and the mandates that come with inspections and compliance, right? So being able to make sure that our vehicles are safe, but then when we have mandated things and regulatory things that we need to meet, those in, that compliance piece becomes uh, mission critical. And, and we know compliance is mission critical, but it's able to, you're able to then measure compliance against your own policies and programs, as well as um, what's being mandated from agencies, right? And then just this idea in the compliance bucket of knowing that your drivers and your vehicles are in good standing, right? In good um, stature, 100% of the time. And then, you know, last but not least, fuel cost um, of fuel fraud usage, just being able to bring all this data from all of these different aspects of manage, managing your equipment or your vehicles, your drivers and your operators, and having this place where the power of bringing it all together and the ease of use of the platform can then uh, put you in a position to make the best decisions, the right decisions, prioritize issues every single day.
you and your team, your operations leaders in the field, down to your drivers, who also then this, this tools, the tools and technology, not only can we give it to them in a way like, you know, very digestible way, but we can also even control the environment in which they're consuming that so that it's safe, right? So this is all possible. So again, this idea of, you know, a single connected, integrated, powerful, easy to use platform. Yay. Um, I think it was like maybe episode 14 of my podcast where I talked about talking about this notion of a single connected platform. But I think in episode 11, I talked about the pain of switching providers. Yes, um, it hurts. Um, it's a process. And you really have to use that change and project management sort of platform and um, process to make those type of changes in a flexible, nimble, and less painful way. But I would challenge you out there that the pain of staying with a subpar provider is way worse. You're never going to achieve the goals and what your, your potential in your career or with your fleet or with your equipment. You're never going to get to that place where you can celebrate wins, you know, unless you're with the right team, right? The right provider. So again, the pain in staying with someone who's not making it happen for you is way worse than, than, than anything. So the way worse than the, the the pain of the change. So again, I'd invite you to listen to my podcast again. I think it's eleven on how to mitigate that pain while making those types of changes. But again, I hope this visual kind of homes in on this idea today of while there's so much going on in our environment that's out of our control, if we can break down silos in people and data and systems and bring our data into one place where we have powerful um, and easy to use analytics that we can not only ride the waves of all the volatility, but we can do it with style, with grace, and we can do it safely and efficient, uh, efficiently. And that's, that's, what, that's our job, that's what we're charged with. So, so again, this is um, where you can find my podcast, uh, wherever you get your favorite content, I'm likely there. Also on LinkedIn, you can um, watch, you can um, see what I'm doing there or where, again, wherever you get your information. But here's a barcode, a QR code. If you want to scan it, that'll take you um, to my podcast where you can subscribe. I guess the thing that is missing for me, I think I'm 17. My 17th podcast launches today. Woohoo! But when I think about this journey that I've been on, I'm on it because as a fleet leader, I didn't have a place to kind of go and talk about, you know, things going on with me and, and you know, in my career and things I was facing personally and professionally and things I was facing in managing a fleet. So I kind of want to invite you uh, to join that community and chime in and um, help me, you know, open up this community and talk about what's important to us as fleet leaders. So um, join the conversation. I would love to do that. And also, if you just want to reach out to me directly, this QR code is uh, my business card and it has my cell phone number on there. And that is the only number I have in my whole life. So you're invited to use it. Call me, text me, email me, uh, link in with me, whatever you're comfortable with. I'm comfortable with all those things. I would love to speak to you and I would love to invite you to um, join in the conversation that we've started here, you know, a, a few months back with the podcast, but I'd also love to just hear about what you're dealing with. Um, and if there's any way that I could help you, I, I guess I just offer myself as a free resource to the fleet community. Yep. Free. It's free. Um, you know, brought to you by IntelliShift. Thanks, IntelliShift, for letting me, you know, do this dream job of being a fleet manager without a fleet. Um, it's really fun. Um, so thank you so much for listening today. I'm so excited that we get to talk about these topics and then we will sort of open it up now for some questions. So um, our first question we have here, Erin, is I'm a new fleet manager. Where should I go for information on what's happening in the industry? 
Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, we have a lot of great resources. We have a very collaborative industry, right? So we have organizations and associations like NAFA, N-A-F-A. We have AFLA is a great resources way uh, as well. We have NTEA. So there's, depending on, you know, the type of fleet or equipment you're managing, there's lots of great resources out there. Um, again, I'm a resource here for you um, whenever you need that. And also inside of NAFA, there's certifications that you can, education and certifications you can achieve and learn more about um, how to be, run more safe and efficient fleets. So yeah, that's, those are some great resources, but reach out if you want to talk about that more. Awesome. So um, second question we have here is, so there's a lot, um, so there's all this tech out there like telematics, AI cameras, scorecards, et cetera, but accidents are on the rise. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, another great question. You know, I think tools and technologies are great, but they're only as good as we use them, right? So I think my best advice there is one, if you if you don't have telematics and AI video dash cams, get them, right? That would be the main thing um, because you need to have those technologies to glean the insights to help you manage a better fleet. And I think the reason we're solving accidents is because of the distractions um, with our drivers and out on the roadways, but tech like this helps you um, speak to drivers who are looking away or looking down or on a device when they're not supposed to be. So you can start to condition those drivers. And also you can show them the results that, you know, paint that picture of what's in it for them and how you care about them. And that's why you've implemented these things to help them control the uncontrollable parts of their environment, like other drivers. So, you know, accidents are on the rise because of distraction, but I think that if we can do better coaching and training with tools and technology, that that's how we start to bring that number down together. Great. So um, this next person asks, long OTD, ordered vehicles never coming, drastic delays on orders, trying to make sense on vehicle longevity. What's your best advice on that? Yeah. I th and we talked about that a little bit today, but you know, you think about we're not getting vehicles right now and that's not going to change anytime really soon. So I think we know that's the news there, but in terms of how to deal with that, it's really about, again, I'd start with safety because behind the wheel behavior um, affects the efficiency of your vehicle so much. So first off, address driver behavior. Second, is really manage um, your maintenance uh, programs well. And how you do that, again, is great data, uh, preventative maintenance happening on time, um, understanding engine codes and what they're telling you, combining services. So again, um, that is the key there. But again, you need that tool, the tools and technology to do that. You need your data in one place, but happy to talk about that more You know, individually I'd love it. Get a hold of me and we can we can dig into that a little bit more. Great. Thank you for that. Um, so next question we have here is, what are some strategies to control fuel costs in a volatile market? Right. So again, I think that fuel costs, having data to tell you what's going on is really, really important. So one, I would start with fuel efficiency is driven by behind the wheel behavior. Again, so focus on safety and everything else falls into place. So Monitoring driver behavior for the most efficient vehicle operation will certainly affect your miles per gallon and reduce your consumption. Um, monitoring after hours or unauthorized use of your vehicles is really important. You need telematics to do that. And then preventing fraud, which again, great data comes from the driver and vehicle and making sure that um, you know when vehicle is being, the, the vehicle and the driver and the fuel are together in one place, right? That's that's the easy part. And then the second piece of that is knowing when fuel is being pumped and not going into any of your assets that you manage. So lots of different fraud alerts that you can get from um, vehicle telematics. So a bit again, I'll go back to safety there. Um, safe, efficient, safe operation of vehicles drives uh, vehicle efficiency. Great. So next question we have here is, what if I don't need everything that IntelliShift offers? Is this something I can buy as needed and add on later or all in one shot? 
Yeah, all of the above, right? So, um, you know, I'd encourage you to come to us with, you know, your challenges. And then, you know, whether you're facing issues with compliance and inspections, you know, you could start with our inspection tool um, that will drive um, efficiency with your maintenance program and your fuel program and so on and so forth. So come to us with, you know, your challenges and maybe you just need to start with digital inspections. It, it's not an all or nothing. Um, and then we can build on and add on with you. But what we really want to help you do is um, elevate you in your career. So bring your data into one place. So we'd love to help you with that. But again, no, it's not all or nothing. You can come in and um, buy what you want and work with us on, on the issues you're facing. And then hopefully we can sort of grow together in that way. All right. Thank you for that. And then um, it looks like we have one more question as we're coming up to the hour. So um, as an agricultural farm, one challenge we have is that we have seasonal drivers and they're not invested in operating safely. Is there anything that you can recommend? Uh, that's so tough. I think we love our seasoned drivers because um, they, you know, they know our business. They know what we expect. But I think the biggest piece is they maybe have habits that are hard to break. And I think that is all about um, building that culture of safety. So in the top-down leadership approach that I talked about earlier, really getting um, your leaders to buy into and communicate and socialize safety inside, especially in agriculture, right? That's so, so critical. There's the, the equipment is different and it, there's, there's a lot of risk there. So I think driving home a culture of safety would be the first thing. This, that gets the buy-in. The second thing is when you manage and monitor drivers and you build in um, a tolerance level for behavior and start to manage them in that way, and I would suggest rewarding them. Do some gamification, showing how they're doing against one another. And I think um, really rewarding positive behavior. Good news travels fast, um, so does bad news. So when you have to make a tough decision about a driver who can't get on board and you make a lot of great decisions about the others that are are really doing a great job that those drivers and operators talking to each other will help drive um, better behavior in your um, in your operation so those would be a, a couple of things i would offer but again you know reach out to me individually if you want to if you want to talk more about that i'd love to Awesome. Thank you, Erin. Um, so that looks like that's going to be all the time we have. We hope that you all enjoyed today's webinar. And I want to again thank Erin and IntelliShift for today's presentation. Thank you all and have a great day.